You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Again, live from the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Always so great to have people that hang out with us for the four days we're here and hang out to listen to us do a show. Yeah, it's been I mean, greatness. I mean, let's be honest. They're hanging out to see you do a show, babe. Well, true, true, but yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> I call truth the truth. That, that works with me. That's what happens in married life. So <laughs> that's what we're dealing with here at Sexy Marriage Radio is we want to talk about and help frame conversations about what goes on in marriage how to deal with some of the different things that happen. That's what we've been doing all morning, all day yesterday. I'm surprised I still have a voice, but we're rolling right along mm-hmm. uh, and just got another day or so left and everybody goes back with their life changed. Right. Nuggets. We all have nuggets to carry with us. That's the hope. because right? We get you, better every day. Absolutely, we do. And that's it, it, one way or another, life keeps going. It does. <laughs> so let's get better as we go. Because that's the whole journey that we're trying to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio is just frame these conversations so that you feel even better with what's happening in your life. And mm-hmm. so if you want to let us know what's going on in your life or topics that we can cover, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or my.smrnation or Instagram, TikTok. There's all, everywhere you can find us. And so we're so glad that you're here. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is... A rapid fire that we're going to do from questions that were left over from Instagram that we just never got to mm-hmm. because we covered a lot, but we didn't cover them all. There were a lot of questions <laughs> that came in. And on these, it might be a little more pseudo because we might go a little deeper with some of them because I think some of the content is worth expanding on okay. than just trying to get as fast as we can go through it. And then on the extended content, which is deeper, longer and no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Um, will be a continuation of the Q&A that took place at the getaway. It will just, those are some of the questions that, that happened there live. So if you've missed the getaway, you'll get a little bit of a peek of what was going on and some of the stuff we cover because we here at SMR, whether it's at the getaway or with the shows, we want to speak to what's going on with the nation's couples. That's right. right? We want to answer and help frame it for you because I think that makes all the difference in the world. We can tell you what we think. Then it works, what may work in our life, but that doesn't mean it works in theirs. Yeah, life application for each individual situation is what brings it home. Absolutely. So all that's coming up on today's show. All right. So the first question out of the hat for rapid fire is what sexy things, this is a wife um, messaging in, what sexy things can I do during the day to keep the fire in our marriage? So speaking as a husband, what is it from a man's perspective? perspective what are tidbits how long do we you got think right <laughs> um well 
so I, I, I hear it as obviously any kind of contact, I think, makes a difference. Any time of reaching out beyond logistics makes a difference. Contact, not just physical. Not but just physical. Yeah. Emotional, a, a text, a, a, text a call. I think any kind of a, hey, I'm thinking of you. You matter to me. And it's not just logistics or, hey, can you get this? Or it's not just part of the dealing with life and the surface. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the underneath it all. It's the. It's the, hey, I remember that. Oh, that was so great. Let's reenact that. It's the anything that has a tinge of sexual happens. But I think I hear that question as, what can she do? Which I think is the answer of, how does she feel sexy? What can she wear that maybe boosts her confidence? What can she wear that makes her feel a little more alluring to herself? Yeah. And I think you also take influence from husband of what speaks to him. Because some outfits you might have, the husband's like, no. You know, that does not do it. Right. Is that your reference? Okay. But some outfits you have, he's like, oh, yeah, it's wear the, those all the time, please. The whole accelerator brake thing. Yes, some it things is. are brakes, eh, nothing's happening. Right. Okay. I mean, stilettos, let's go, baby. Bring them on the whole time. All right. I mean, but it's just whatever it is that speaks and, and accents her. That's what matters. I didn't realize stilettos are such a thing for you. I didn't either. So. <laughs> Let's see what I, happens tonight. How I about that, baby? I don't have any of those. I'm <laughs> oh, going to have to go shopping. Well, we, we, we are close to all kinds of things here in the getaway, so right, we can okay. find it. So. All right. All right, so next question. So I've never orgasmed with my husband. After four years, I bought some toys, uh, vibrators, and I've learned that I love them. He doesn't know I have them. How do I go about telling him without making him feel less than or not enough? So this is the classic two-choice dilemma. I'm trying to control both sides of the equation. I want to tell you a truth and control your response. Mm-hmm. So how, do you, how does a wife tell a husband, I like this toy, and I'm able to accomplish a goal that I haven't been able to with you without him hearing that as a front of his ability or prowess? You don't. You tell him and, he hurt, and he's hurt. That's the reality of life on life terms, Right. You risk that at least. Maybe he doesn't get hurt by that. Maybe he doesn't. I'm thinking of this. Okay, so one of the things you talked about at the getaway this weekend, emptiness and fullness. Yes. Right? And you're always somewhere on that spectrum with both of them. Yes. And you think of her wanting to, She maybe, maybe she wants to incorporate that with him. She wants to come full circle with it. Okay. Yes, right? This is something she enjoys. That is the fullness of her wanting to that, share that's that. That's bringing all of her to him. In her experience, is that right, what you're saying? Right, yes. but then there's this emptiness of, I'm doing it in secret. That's the emptiness and I, I see on it. And the emptiness of, I'm afraid of how he's going to interpret this. And I'm afraid of his reaction because I don't want to hurt him because that's a right. care, but that's also a reflected sense right. of self. Right, right. So there's, there's positives and negatives in this. Yes. But you can't keep it hidden. You got it. It's going to come out at some point. So do it on your own terms and not on him finding something. Correct. Yeah. Because typically the things that we try to hide when they're discovered go far worse than the things we bring forward of our own volition. Yes. So recognizing. And again, this is something we've talked about before in past shows and maybe even in a rapid fire, because I know I've done this also on Instagram stories that I do where we answer some questions for 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 readers and followers. Um, What happens when a husband takes and sees a toy as a threat, because no penis vibrates, pulsates, twists, you know, whatever a, a toy can do, no penis can actually do that. So what makes that threatening? 
right? I, who wants to walk around with a penis that's actually vibrating at times during the day? You know, it's like, that's just going to be annoying. A couple hands shot up in the room. Okay. Well, maybe that, maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. Huh? But, it, but it's also then the flip side of this is she doesn't get a chance to hug a toy. She doesn't get a chance to have partnership with a toy. Right. She doesn't get a chance to do life with a toy. No toy can pick up the kids in carpool. Right. No right. one. So, yes, it can be a little bit of a hit to your prowess, your ability, the way you view your sexual you know, power. But also, how do you realize that it's not? It can be an ally. It can be an advocate for you. It can be something that's very helpful and beneficial. Right. Right. I, I'm, I just think of so many people that don't even make an effort to figure out their sexuality and she's done something to figure out. Or right. This was a goal what, she what went after and figured right? it out. So good on her. So bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared of him. Recognize, don't be scared of yourself. Right. Either. Recognize hurt can happen, but you can handle it. Right. Yep. Next question. Totally kind of different. Um, when is the right age to teach your kids about sex? From the moment they start breathing. Right. When you start, <laughs> when they start talking, yeah. right. And you're teaching them appropriate words to use. Right. I think, to, I think sex. Let them know what anatomy yep. is and what the real words that's, are. That's how it starts. It's medically appropriate terms. It's a penis, not a PP, a TT, a wee wee, a, it's, it's a penis, and it's a vulva or a vagina. That's, you know, vagina is actually part of the vulva. If you're talking the whole thing, but it's proper terms. It's not down there. It's use the terminology that helps. Then as they progress, then you get into the child developmental side of the, of the brain that a lot of times when you're talking about when do I have the talk, which is the birds and the bees talk that, you, mm-hmm. that I think they're probably asking, um, you're setting the groundwork with it with the conversations you're having about the subject in their own body. I still remember uh, our son, Dad, he was in the bathroom, he was little, and he was trying to go to the bathroom, and he had an erection, and he couldn't pee into the toilet. Right. And I was like, Dad, why does it do that? I'm like, well, eventually you're going to really like that it does that, son. It's a, good, it's a really good thing. That means it's normal, you're doing great. But I realize it's also really annoying when you really got to pee. Like, yeah, it does. I'm like, I get it. You need to go in the bathroom. You want to go to the backyard and pee? Yeah. And so he just shot it out, you know, into the yard. But it's just proper terminology makes a difference. And then around seven or eight, nine, depending on kid, is when abstract thinking starts to enter their mind. That's typically when you want to have the talk as it begins. Because, again, it's not a talk. It's a conversation. Right. Right. And so it evolves where you talk through here's the basics of what's going on. And then I love the idea of from that point forward, you've already been incorporating this some, hopefully, but from that point forward, you take advantage of teachable moments. You're watching a movie together. You're watching a show. You drive past a billboard. You pause and you say, what's the message they're sharing there? What's going on with that? What do you suppose about that? Then you have a chance to impart some of your values that you want to add to it. Yeah. Well, and, and starting at a young age with, with the terminology and those things, um, takes out some of the embarrassment about it. I mean, if the first time I'm talking to my daughter about um, sex and sexuality is when she's already an adolescent and she's hearing stuff from her friends, um, 
it, it'd be awkward for me and for her because she's already embarrassed. That's not something we've right. talked about in the past. And she would so, sense that awkwardness coming from you. Yeah. If, and if she, and if she's sensing that her parent is uncomfortable with it, well, then right, she's going to be uncomfortable with it. Um, but there are, and there was another question in here about resources. Okay. Table that just real quick. Cause I, I, I will answer that on, okay. on what are the resources that we've used and what we, what we really love. Yeah. But the other thing to think about is for anybody that's listening, anybody that's in the audience that has not had this kind of conversation or frankness with your child and you're freaking out thinking about doing this and having this conversation, that's your big, bold takeaway is I'm leaving the getaway and telling my kids about sex. Sweet realize they're going to recognize the awkwardness. So sometimes your opening statement's going to be, okay, this is an awkward conversation we're going to have, and I'm freaking out having it with you, but I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> Here we go. This is important. You kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room. You mm-hmm. kind of acknowledge the dynamic that's going on, because I think that's how we move forward. What we used in our, in our relationship with our kids um, I had a colleague in, doc, in my grad school program that um, when uh, the baby shower, she gave the book, Sydney's first book on sex, was what she, as how she called it, and it's by a guy named Peter Maylie, M-A-Y-L-E, and it was Where Did I Come From? It's the name of the book. You can find it on Amazon. It's real easy. It's millions of copies have been sold of this thing. It's fabulous. And what it is is it's anatomically correct pictures. Cartoons. That are cartoons. Right, but it's, it's real male body, and it's real female body, and it's real life, and it walks through the stages of what's going on in your body. It walks through the stages of intercourse. And pregnancy. And pregnancy, and, and how it all works, and how a baby evolves in the different trimesters and the months and everything. I mean, it's real involved. So we started when she was young. We started just looking at pictures and talking about the pictures in it. She was two. Yep. We would just look at the pictures. I still remember... Uh, having a conversation with her and she comes running into the room because you were into the be- in our bedroom what, reading a book or something and she comes running in pulls her diaper down mommy mommy I have a vagina <laughs> and that's great honey do you have one too yeah can I see it no no <laughs> you can't that's not for you baby but you know but it's just that kind of concept of you want a, a calmness that can happen and so that book's a great framework and then when we hit when she hit eight on her birthday, we read the book. I still remember that. It was right, right around it. We read the entire book. And it's very frank about what goes on with sex. If you wanted to fast forward beyond that into adolescence, then you get this, another book that was a follow-up by him called What's Happening to Me. And this is to adolescence. What's happening, What's happening to me, to me now? now? I think so. Either yeah, one. Because it's an exception. <laughs> it's close Whatever. enough. Right. Either one. But it's the idea of... From there, he starts getting into puberty, adolescence, wet dreams, masturbation, acne, what's happening with your body, just all of it. And so it starts as a framework to talk about all the other things. And so for anybody that's in the nation that wants more of a Christian bent, these aren't that, but they are medical. You yeah, add it yourself. Straightforward, this is just yeah. straightforward data that's helpful. You add the value to it. Because this is a subject that we need to do better as as parents because that's where the information needs to come from. Because kids' brains are sponges, and I want ours to be so full. What the world's offering out there, there's no room for it. Okay? So, Pam, our sponsor today is someone, a, a company that's near and dear to our hearts. Yes, they are. HelloFresh, because they've been in our home 
for many, many months now. Mm -hmm. And they've taken a lot of the burden and angst that would come around mealtime, more specifically, what are we going to eat, and variety being on display Mm -hmm. in the Allen household. They've taken that and made it so easy because HelloFresh provides everything we need right at our doorstep. They've opened up your palate. <laughs> they, they really have. And what's so much fun is we do this all together as we're creating the meals. Yeah. Uh, because it comes in, it's all pre-measured. It's exactly what you need. You get to pick from an, or usually around 14 different recipes mm-hmm. each week. You pick and select which ones you want mm-hmm. that fit. You can add some add-ons like some garlic bread or some extra protein or mm-hmm. some desserts, even if you want to, to make it even easier. Yep. But what the fun thing is, is way it's come out in our household is oftentimes the party has already begun when you are walking in because the cooking is starting. Kids may be involved. Yeah, you guys are already chopping up veggies and whatever. You come join in and then we have a meal together as a family. And then every single meal we rate them. We do. As a family. And only one for each of the kids has rated below like a seven. And that was just because they didn't like the, the actual entree not the taste of it it was so good they just didn't like what it was we we chose that because they're kids <laughs> most of them are like all nines and tens right so HelloFresh is convenient it's contact free delivery right to your door the recipes are easy to follow they give you pictures to guide you all along the way they take the stress out of everything you need to do each and every week to feed your family and they're flexible they, you can customize it. Like we mentioned, you can easily change your delivery days or food preferences. You can skip a week, which we've had to do mm-hmm. several different times with our schedules. And with HelloFresh, we are proud to have them as a regular sponsor right now. So to go to HelloFresh.com forward slash SMR14 and use the code SMR14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Wow, that's a deal. In case you missed it. That's HelloFresh.com slash SMR14, the number 14, and use our code SMR14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. All right, next question. Is my husband still attracted to me if he can't keep it up during sex? So an erect penis or a flaccid penis usually has nothing to do with attractiveness, I think. I mean, I think a lot of times there's a lot more going on in his head and anxiety that can be happening there. There can be some physical issues that happen depending on age and circumstances and diet and health. And there's a lot of things. And so anytime we're talking about sexual function on the male side, one of the big things to do right off the bat is go get a physical. Make sure the blood work is good. Make sure testosterone levels are good. Make sure everything's functioning as it should because medical science has come up with some great resources that can help move past some of these things. But a majority of the people I see, it's anxiety. It's what's going on in your head. It has nothing to do about the right. other person in the bedroom. So it's, okay. it's usually you lose it in your head. You get distracted. You get the... Because any of us that have had any kind of issue that's an erectile, premature ejaculation, a delayed ejaculation, any kind of male sexual issue, when it happens once, always deep in the back of your head is when is it going to happen again? Mm. And so it's the same kind of thing. Ladies, I'm assuming you have a similar thing of, I had this time where I had this rhythm and a rhythm and a rhythm and I lost it. And now in the back of my head is, okay, it's building, it's building in me. When's it going to lose it? When's it going to go sideways? And that's the weird nature of our psyche that those suckers get in there and it is hard 
to derail them at times. So I'm a believer in relax. If he loses his erection, go back to what you were doing before. See if he can re-engage him. See if you can connect. See if there's other things. And if you still haven't reached your climax, ma'am, he has digits that are always movable. He has a tongue that likely works too. There's toys that are typically reliable. So incorporate other ways and see if maybe he catches back up then. Perfect. So I feel like I'm cute, silly, and fun, but not sexy. It just feels awkward. How do I overcome that? Tell me what you hear in this, Pam, because I hear of a pretty deep embedded script that sexy is bad or no, shameful or guilty. Well, because I okay. feel cute and vibrant and some of those things, but it can't, she can't transition it to sexy because I think the connotation of that word and the way I hear it has a bad meaning. Okay. I don't hear it that way. How do you hear it? I just hear it as, I don't feel sexy. It's a different state of mind that maybe I just don't feel like I have that flair, that passion, um, or, or I don't know. To me, that's the script of advertising. Oh, there is okay. a script of advertising what of what, with? what sexy is supposed to look like. Okay. And if I don't feel like I'm someone that is seductive, that's how I read it is I'm not seductive. I don't have that. Okay. Well, I don't even know the word to put on it other than that. The prowess? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't see myself that way. And okay. So how so then, do I become that way? Okay. So then what are, I guess, for her, and be, be the voice of her maybe for a second. Okay. Um, if you see yourself as, as cute and silly and fun, what is, the, what is the threshold that makes it to where that can't spin into something a little more erotic or a little more with the sexual underturn, undertones or a little more of just something that it's not because maybe it's going too far of, well, if I'm not hyper aggressive with this or if I'm not all kinds of swagger walking down the street in my stilettos, <laughs> then uh, it, it, it's not sexy. Maybe she likes Birkenstocks and that's the thing. And that's her vision. Hey, granola is sexy. <laughs> exactly. I will own that one. Right. But, it, but, it, but it's just that idea of, okay, what is it that helps her transition that to a different manner of her being? Because she's already got a foundation. Now it's just steering it slightly. And maybe she's trying to go too far rather than see if you enhance cute, there's a sexual undertone in that. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. If, if it's along the lines that I'm reading this, a seductive mindset is this um, a, a different undertone, but you can totally take, I can be fun, cute, and turn that into sexy. I mean, how am I? Uh, okay, we referenced this earlier. How often am I leaning over and just flashing my boobs at him? Not enough. <laughs> right? That's a sexy move. Yes. But I don't have to be sultry in that, right? Yes. I'm just right. being fun and that's, playful, and that is sexy. Absolutely. That's the, uh, that's the subtleties where sexy and sexuality really resides well. Confidence, I think, is the word mm -hmm. that this lady 
maybe wants to replace with sexy because confidence so you take can the, be sexy. So you take the thing she already sees herself as and enhance those suckers with confidence, and now we're getting closer to the Heck sexy. yeah. I got yeah. that. That's good. I like it. Okay. All right. So as my marriage's sex life improves, how do we keep the momentum going? Well, one, you keep listening to every single episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Um, the, the other, I think, I think one of the things is you recognize we develop and progress in stages. We cannot sustain a constant upward momentum. It's not possible as people, right? So we grow and gain a little bit of ground, and then we take a little step backwards, and then we grow and gain a little more ground, and then we take a little step backwards. But overall, it's like the stock market, where eventually it keeps going up, even with big dips or hits or things that happen, right? Right, as so, I cross my fingers yes, on the stock well, that's, market. Yeah, there's a lot of other things tied to that. But it's still just recognizing the natural part of us developing is sometimes I have to consolidate gains, and I will regress a little bit. And then I'll grow a little bit more. And then I'll consolidate those gains, and I'll regress a little bit, and I grow a little bit more. So you realize this is what we've said here at the getaway a couple different times and maybe even said on the show in the past. But I have a definition of what, it, what, it, what comprises a great marriage is. It's people that recover well. Because yeah. life is still going to happen. Sexual encounters aren't always going to go through flawlessly. Right? That right. You're going to have times where you try some move and it totally bombs. And it's like, she's like, what are you doing? I thought it would be fun. I'm sorry. And then you have to re reconnect, reestablish, and keep going. When we're younger in our developmental process, that kind of a move bombing ends the equation completely. You yeah. don't come back to it because yeah. not everything we do and try works. And so sometimes it's like, I look at it as the different times we've done shows or conferences or I've put together a talk or other things we've done where it's like, that did not start the way I thought it would, but it ended well. Right? We recovered right. and look at right. that. Yay us. That's good. And that's it was a, a good giant thing. win. We, and you recognize the win right then in that yes. situation. Yes. That's a consolidating of the gain. That's yeah. good. How do you improve desire in the low drive spouse during a stressful and busy season? <laughs> As you gaze for me to answer that question for you, you wrote that in, didn't you? That's from, I've, that's from C, Hot CPA. Yeah, that's from. Uh, <laughs> okay, so first off, the, the best question, assuming this is coming from. It's a mom. Okay, so that she's asking this of herself. How do, uh, uh, as she's claiming the, the low desire stance. Because I hear that as maybe the higher desire is asking that question. I, I'm taking it that it is a female asking this of herself for the low desire, but I okay. don't know. She could so be asking some of this can husband. be, if, if she's the one, let's, let's answer it both ways then. Okay. Let's answer it as the low desire asking the question of how do I increase and improve my desire during stress and busyness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of those can be like what we did before. How are you conducting yourself? Just like we did at the beginning of the show today. Yeah. How are you conducting yourself? that enhances your vibrancy, your power, your prowess, that parts of you. Yeah, because it's not like you don't know it's a stressful and busy season. You're aware of that. That should not be new news, yes. Yeah. So some is how do you start the day? 
What do you do to take care of yourself? Self-care is health care, mm -hmm. right? How are you looking out for your well-being? How are you putting yourself to have more margin in your life where you can? Mm -hmm. Some of it also is recognizing, you know what? This has been our journey in, in, during tax seasons, mm -hmm. especially the year and a half long we just finished. Yeah. Um, some of it is just like, hey, look, I know this is just the reality of where we are. Okay. So I need to adjust my expectations and my outlook. You need to adjust yours. And then we figure out how do we deal with it? Coming at it from the other side, what if the high desires lowest is asking this question of, look, I know I'm going to be busy, so how do I, or I know they're going to be busy, so how do I keep them engaged? Well, you don't. You be somebody that's worth engaging with. Right. You be a good student and create margin for them. Right. Reset expectations, like you just said. Mm -hmm. I mean, both, both sides have to reset expectations. As the high desire, um, I guess one of the things that I appreciate from you is, you point it out. You say, okay, we need some time. I'm taking you away tonight. Mm -hmm. Right? There, when, when, a, when this person, whenever their stressful and busy season is, I don't know, does it last six months? Does it last a year? There's got to be a time in there that you take time away. Right. Right? And it doesn't have to be an entire weekend because maybe you can't afford that time. Maybe it's three hours. Maybe it's four hours. Maybe it's a sonic happy hour cherry limeade that you just drop by yes. with their office. Yeah. Right? Because you're stealing time. And those are connections and those are moments. And then it's off to do what you're doing. But it's just recognizing what's my side of this equation as a higher desire. Mm -hmm. That's all I can control on, on this. So it, how am I being somebody that's inviting a connection opportunities and creating margin where I can for my lower desire partner? to be cleaner on the pressure between us. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm curious, Pam, your experience with this of rapid fire, just trying to get through as fast as we can versus rapid fire and expanding a little bit more. Is it better if I'm fast or slow? Uh, <laughs> it depends on if it's busy season or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, my love. They both have their place. Yes, they do. Sometimes you just don't have time and it's enough already and you got to get some sleep. Got to get some sleep. I get you. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or you want us to expand a little bit more, uh, let us know. 214-702-9565 or as always, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So however you took some time out this week to listen, thanks for taking a little bit of time with us. And we hope to see you again soon. See you next time.